0: Hello, everyone. Before we start this episode, I'd like to explain what this whole series we're doing is all about. You didn't know, but this episode is the first in a series. A series. Yes, Sam. And that series is called Cedarville Creatives. Yes, But is. what is Cedarville Creatives, you may ask? Sam,
1: do you have the answer? I have the answer.
0: Tell the listeners.
1: Well, Cedarville Creatives is a series where we're going to be highlighting creative outlets for students on campus whether it be orgs or more independent groups but anywhere on campus where we are able to express our creativity as cedarville beings makes sense it makes a lot it has of sense. creative in the name it does i think it's a good name i think it's yeah I, I also think it's a good name i'm glad you came up with it i did come up with it that's you credit why I think where it, credit is due i think it, that's why i think it's a good name
0: <laughs> but anyway If that sounds interesting to you, be on the lookout because throughout the next few weeks, we're going to be having multiple episodes where we focus on different student groups with uh, different forms of creative expression. This week, we'll be talking to the leaders of the Cedarville Review, which is a... What is it, Sam? What is the Cedarville Review?
1: Oh, wait. You'll have to
0: listen to the podcast to find out.
1: Uh ha! that was a good one. That was was a good segue into this episode.
0: Without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cedars Arts and Entertainment Podcast. That is, of course, a tentative title. Sam and I are at some point going to come up with a better one. But today, I am joined by not only Sam, but by two guests. And they're involved in a thing on campus. What thing on campus? Oh. Who's that, you might say?
1: Well, we are here to talk about the Cedarville Review. And with us today are Rachel Rathbun. Hey, guys. And Grace Kohler.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Of
1: thanks course. for being on the podcast. We're very grateful to have you two to tell us about this thing called the Cedarville Review. But what is this thing, Sam? I don't know. Who should we ask? Maybe
0: them?
3: That, that seems a good, like a bad idea.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's worth a shot, though. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Let's kay. go. Uh, Rachel. Yeah. It says here in my notes that you are, is it editor-in-chief? I think of that's the official thing? title called the Cedarville Review, not the Cedar's Review. What exactly is it?
3: Yeah, so the Cedarville Review Literary Journal is the full name. Uh, It's a compilation we do on campus, like a publication every year that we do that is composed of student creative work. So anyone on campus can submit in, we have four different categories, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and digital art Hmm. open to various communities on campus who wants to submit.
0: So it includes both written material but also visual as well?
3: Yeah, and that's something that we're actually trying to kind of publicize a little bit more this year. Mm. Uh, We would love for the art department or any of those who are just interested in art on the side to be able to get more involved through that visual art component.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know last year it was, was it Carrie Nupson. Her work was included, yes, yes. Uh, we
3: are still working on the publication of that issue that should be coming out probably in the next couple of months here. okay, uh, but I remember really enjoying those visual submissions. That was very cool.
0: yeah, I remember seeing those in the library um, when they were on exhibit, and it was awesome. So I think it's cool that you guys include like a wide range of content that goes beyond just like the written.
3: yeah, um, I mean that's one of the one of the whole goals of the review is to get like wide exposure to different student student works, we're not just um, solely a publication for English majors, for professional writers, or for professional artists. It's for anyone on campus who is interested in producing work and has been given that gift. So mm. we're open to considerations from anybody who would like to submit for the review and are pretty proud to include like a wide variety of majors and disciplines. Awesome. Amazing.
0: So you mentioned how you guys include people from a bunch of different backgrounds. Yeah, I'd like to hear about both of your backgrounds in terms of not only like in the arts or writing or whatever you guys are personally involved in, but also how you guys came to be involved in this review. But since you, Rachel, have already gotten a turn to talk, I'm gonna turn the mic over to Grace mm-hmm. and ask you, first of all, what is your background in just this field of general, in general, like arts, writing, yeah. And how did you end up getting involved in the review?
2: Um, so I'm an English major. Um, I'm a junior, but I'm graduating early, so I sometimes say I'm a junior and a half. I have a creative writing minor, so I'm definitely a part of the community of like um, peer review and just like um, submitting even outside of Cedarville works for publication. I think I expressed interest to one of the um, editors last year, um, so she's graduated now. Um, We had a fantastic board of editors last year um, and I expressed interest and um, so then when they were trying to find new editors for this past publication, uh, my name came up and they discussed it and they were like, hey, so they reached back out to me um, and it was really cool. I think we're trying to publicize um, getting more editors as people graduate. But um, yeah, so I'm creative writing minor, English. I actually want to go into library science, so not anything in the editing field. Um, But this is really good uh, experience for me, um, especially since the Cedarville Review does work with the Digital Commons, which is a part of the Cedarville University Library. Um, So not only do we have a print publication, but we also uh, have a published version online through Digital Commons. So it's accessible for literally everyone around the world. Yeah, so that's pretty cool.
0: That's how I accessed it.
1: That's also how I accessed it, but I accessed it late, late last night. It was about two a.m. Okay. And there's yeah. a thing where whenever it gets downloaded, you can see yeah. <laughs> where it's getting downloaded from. I saw that too. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, was yeah, like, sure. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then as I was like watching it, there was it popped up California. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then the second one was, like, Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Well, that's pretty neat. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that's was awesome. That yeah. was just something I thought was so cool. Is it like, it's available online for literally people mm-hmm. all around the world.
0: Do you guys have any explanation for, Indonesia? like, do you have a contact in Indonesia, perhaps, that I a mean, friend? What Pentao? I do
3: know is that we have students from all around the world who have submitted and who, some mm. of whom have been accepted into the review in past years. Mm. So it's it's very possible that people who know some of the people that have submitted to our journal have wanted to go in and see some of the works there.
0: So <laughs> uh, Rachel, back yeah, to you, just yeah, yeah. about your background. How did you get involved in the review and what has that journey been like for you?
3: Yeah, so uh, around the same time as Grace was, our entire board of editors last year, except for the three new ones, that's who were added. Grace and Griffin Messer and I, everyone else was a senior. Mm-hmm. So we got added to the Cedar review board like midway through last year, like very beginning of spring semester. And we were the only ones who were continuing on to this year, which made it a bit of an interesting transition. Oh, no, I bet. Uh, my name had been put forward by Dr. Heath. I actually had not heard of the review before that offer, which you know is kind of part of why I'm pushing for us to, uh, to publicize a bit more this year. And thank you guys for that opportunity. Of course. But heard about the review through that email offer, uh, read up on it a little bit, and was super excited to have the chance to be able to get involved with that. A lot of very cool upperclassmen I got to know through that, and just a super cool opportunity to work at the publication, which both looks great on the resume and is just a really cool chance to be able to promote students' talents, and it's been a great ride.
0: Yeah. Uh, just on that last note of what you just said, could you guys speak a little more on what the purpose is of the review I guess, personally to you guys, but also just, like, the average Cedarville student. What is the review meant to be for them, if that makes sense? Sure.
2: Grace, do you want to start with that one? Uh, Yeah, sure. I love the review um, because it does give students of voice and opportunity we've had people from the stem majors submit and i think the reason why it's so beautiful is because they wouldn't be inclined probably to submit their work to other publications like beyond the university because that's not something that they're interested in pursuing or they don't have time because you know they're going to be engineers or nurses and so like now is the time that they are really cultivating a lot of their like side projects So it's really nice because it's an interdisciplinary magazine, even though it is um, run and supported by the ELML, English Literature and Modern Languages um, department. We get to have a lot of students from different uh, majors and departments involved and really develop their writing skills, um, their appreciation for the humanities, um, which I think is really crucial in like helping people like develop their own lives um, as well as just skills and passions and projects.
3: Yeah. I mean uh, just, I mean to me personally and I've seen to plenty of other people that creative pursuits are just a really great way to express oneself. And that should be more than just something you can do for a career. That's something that should just be like a natural outflowing of every person's life. And I think that if they choose to do so in the way of writing or of art, it's cool to give them a chance to uh, display that to others. So regardless of whether these people are in ELML or in the art department or mechanical engineering or psych or whatever else it may be, it's just cool to be able to have an opportunity to present that to the community. Uh, And the review has been a cool avenue for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you guys, I know it it sounds like from both your backgrounds that you got involved mainly like last spring. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you would have the exact analytics on this question. But do you guys have any general idea of how many of your writers, the people who submit content, are majors besides writing or something related to art? Maybe are majors that you wouldn't expect initially to contribute in that way?
3: I couldn't give you specific numbers, but the examples that I used of psych and mechanical engineering, I've seen both uh, majors represented before Mm. in different submissions. I was particularly impressed by one submission we got from someone who was a mechanical engineer which was really cool to see because I never would have been able to see his work in other contexts I don't know exactly number wise what you would put that as though
2: I think another reason why it's hard to quantify is because submissions aren't looked at based on major. So I don't believe that they have to put their major in when they submit.
3: Mm. Yeah, um, or even so if they do, that's not really something we pay kind exactly. of attention to. It's more just something that if you see it out of the corner of your eye, oh, that's cool.
2: Exactly. So it's very hard to quantify because, again, we're not looking at, oh, what's your major? We're looking at, wow, that was a really good piece of art, and I'm so glad that God has gifted you in this way.
1: So we've talked a lot about all the different places you get these submissions as editors um editor chief and editor what besides the submissions themselves the writings what kind of work goes into putting that all together <laughs> give us a peek behind the curtain of what that what that process looks like
3: yeah i found it's been a lot of organization this year <laughs> just uh, trying to make sure we get the entire process done in time to have like our publication by the end of the year and have our like Publication party at the end of the year that all of our submitters can come and spend some time together at, uh, just celebrate the work they've done. Mm. Uh, That is a really cool component of the Cedarville Review schedule that we didn't really get to implement last year because of our kind of condensed schedule. So, a lot of what this year has been has been trying to find a way for us to naturally work all of the Cedarville Review work into our schedules so we can get that all done on time. What that looks like is this, this first semester has been mostly focused on marketing the review, getting it out there, just making sure that everyone who would want to submit has the opportunity to and has heard of the review. Uh, what second semester tends to look like uh, in this sort of like year-long schedule is we'll sit down, we'll work through all the pieces that we've been given. Uh, our submission deadline at this point is December 17th. So second semester, we'll have all of our submissions, uh, get to work through them as a group and figure out what works for the review this year, uh, what fits the image we have of the publication. After that, we'll work with individual authors, refine their pieces until we're satisfied with the state of the issue, uh, get that working with our graphic designer, and then get it sent off for printing. Yeah. The really fun part
2: is that that big long meeting because we have to read um, all of this, we get to read all of those submissions, excuse me, it is it is honestly a pleasure to wade through all of those, um, especially as an English major, because you have to read a lot of like stuffy older things or, I mean, they're, they're all good, but they're heavy to wade through. So a lot of the creative pieces that we get from people, um, honestly, we get really great submissions. Um, So we get to read through all of that between the deadline and when we have our our meeting. Um, That's when we make our decisions of whether or not we'll publish. Um, But everybody gets to read every piece. And then we'll have specific editors assigned to specific genres. So um, I'm kind of heading up the poetry group. Grace is our resident poetry expert. (laughs) Um, And then we'll have different groups of editors for fiction and nonfiction where our um, strengths lie. And, of course, the visual arts um, that we're really hoping
3: to cultivate think that's about it i mean the only thing i think i forgot to mention was our party that we have at the end of the year we usually just like to celebrate the accomplishments of all of those authors getting published mm-hmm. or even just those who have submitted and just all get together and have a bit of a publication party to celebrate the printing of the journal yeah
0: how many editors do you guys have like how many of the there are you working through all these pieces
3: uh we have eight of us at the at the current time i think that's larger than what our team was last year just mm-hmm. by a couple. But enough so that each team has, you know, two or three people on it, good committee to work with.
0: And then you have a professor who oversees and kind of assists in that.
3: Dr. Heath is our faculty advisor this year. He does a a great job of it. Love working with him. Awesome. He's the the head of creative writing, um, like, under
2: department. Um, It's it's in the English literature and modern languages department, but he is the head of that program. Yeah. And we work with the vice president of academics as well, um, just to make sure that everything's all all squared away yeah
1: of course going off that making sure things are all squared away what how do you choose what 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 pieces make it into the review and which ones don't like what do you try and tackle maybe some more like borderline fine line issues do you normally like to play it safe? how How do you, how do you approach that when you go into that meeting?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm actually have never been in a meeting with the the upper um, the upper level management, so to speak. Um, but all of the decisions are made um, at the editor level for what goes into the review. Um, we get feedback on, oh, maybe you can't include that. Um, but the the major creative decisions are left up to the student body. When we're looking at a piece. Um, I don't know, it's really hard to quantify, but just the artistry of it, something that we're very big on is glorifying God through our writing. Um, so we don't shy away from hard things um, because there are a lot of hard things in life and we need to talk about them, um, but doing so in a respectful manner, but an honest one as well. Um, so there are some some pieces that we will have to get um, additional looks at just to see, is this actually something um, in line with um, Cedarville um, standards sometimes that's not the case sometimes we'll go back to our contributors and we'll say um, you know this is a really great piece but there are a couple of things in there that we can't publish um, just because of certain standards that we as a sub um, committee, kind of publication of the university Um, can't publish, um, would you mind working with us to try to um, work around that and still keep the artistic vision that you have? Um, So we're not one to shy away from challenges, but we are um, very respectful about what we try to publish. Hmm. Yeah, very well said. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Question number 11 uh, is about art and what it means for art to be God-glorifying. And I think I have a personal stake in this subject just because of my niche is movies. I feel like a lot of times Christians approach movies and say, okay, this story is only worth listening to and hearing if it has characters that are good and moral and present things in a way that uh, I guess I'm, uh, I'm comfortable with as a, a Christian. Sure. Um, and I think the problem with that is you end up missing out on a lot of stories that act as cautionary tales or that just speak truths about what life is really like, like how certain actions lead to certain consequences. Heck, when we talked about, I in mean, our last episode, Dear Evan Hansen was basically all about that, about how you can have a flawed protagonist who makes bad choices, and that can still be a valuable story because it can show a truth about how you know, unwise actions lead to bad consequences. Not that that directly translates to everything you guys are doing, but just generally with art, what do you, both you guys think? Beyond, I guess, content standards, you know, what makes a piece of art God-glorifying? And I know that's a very big question. Oh, no. So. I mean,
3: it's one we talk about a lot in the department. It's uh, it's something that comes up pretty much first class of most of our mm. like writing-oriented classes. We'll discuss this for the first couple of classes, and it's just kind of... Is a is a big discourse in our community.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, something that I've settled on is pretty much what you were saying: is that an accurate reflection of reality is beautiful in its own way hmm. and can be God glorifying. Whether that is like an overt gospel presentation, if that's done well, that can be a beautiful thing. Uh, but that doesn't have to be the standard for good, like a good movie or a good uh, piece of work either. Yeah, just by accurately reflecting, like this is what sin like looks like in a cautionary tale. This is the result of that. Or by showing, like, yeah, this is the result of sin, but this is what redemption looks like in that circumstance. Or just um, by reflecting the world God has made and put us in, I think that can go a long way towards glorifying him. Because, I mean, just creating as a whole is a way of imaging God and a way of mirroring him. And I think that one way we can really be faithful to the way that he's created is to show his truth through our work, regardless Mm -hmm. of what form that takes.
0: Do you have anything to add to that, Grace? Yeah,
2: I think the biggest contribution to whether or not a work is God-glorifying or not um, really depends on the way the content is handled. Um, So the way the author presents what he writes, um, because there is violence in the world, there is crassness, and we do, like, you know, realism is all well and good, but, like, is it... For the betterment of the person mm. reading, you know, so sometimes the answer is yes, um, a lot of times it's not, <laughs> um, but really just the way it's handled, um, you know, maybe it's not exactly a cautionary tale, but maybe, um, it does speak to, you know, how God is good even through a broken world, um, so I think that's that's the key ingredient to good art
3: (laughs) and that's kind of a that can be a spectrum too Mm -hmm. like i think the more you analyze literature or even movies the more you kind of realize that there is truth in most of the things that you're going to watch and read it's just kind of a a matter of whether that truth overwhelms anything in that that you find objectionable and that's kind of a decision for each individual christian to follow their conscience Mm. Uh, so there's no real like blanket prescriptive thing we can say about what is good art for the christian Uh, It's governed by conscience and it's governed by what is the good we can get from this and what are the factors in this that we can use to better understand the world, better understand our place in that, better understand God. Hmm. Amen.
0: Is there any uh, work written or one of the art pieces that you guys have included, like maybe in your last issue, anyone in particular that you can think of as a good example of something that maybe not was not explicitly Christian, but still you kind of walked away with it being like that is something that is God-glorifying, that is something that rings true to me and rings true to biblical truth.
3: I mean, when I think of presenting Christian themes in a way that is not overt, that's not preachy or sermonistic or having to include like a gospel conversion in it, the first person I think of is Heidi Raine. Mm. Uh, she has submitted multiple pieces to the review, some of which we've accepted, some of which we haven't but she just has this excellent way of presenting accurately and poignantly the truth about the world without like making it some overt Christian message or some like sermon. She does a great job of just being very down to earth, very pithy and leaving Mm -hmm. some of that interpretation up to the reader. Hmm. I would also
2: echo, um, we just, um, two of our editors that graduated, um, Katie Milligan and Julia Schultz, um, they also have pieces in this issue of the review that I read them and they were stunning. Katie Milligan has some beautiful pieces of poetry that I read them and I go this is this is glorifying to God. This is good art. Um because it might not like it might not be a psalm. It doesn't directly um extol God's virtues, but the way she handles her craft, the word choice, um you can tell like she was created in God's image. She saw God's world and she's making sense of it and trying to honor him it's really beautiful to read.
1: Hmm. all right what is something that you don't normally have the chance to humble brag about that given the opportunity you would want to humble brag about
3: oh i've got a weird one i've got a real weird one here we all go right. here we go okay so this summer i had this internship uh, doing marketing writing, but it wasn't for, like, the sort of company you would expect to do marketing writing for. It was for a uh, laser manufacturing company called IPG Photonics. Hmm. Laser. If you haven't heard of them, look them up. As in? Just, uh, yeah, like pew-pew.
0: Like real lasers? Yeah. Like that damaged cut things?
3: Yeah, I mean, more like manufacturing yeah, yeah, yeah. sorts of lasers, not like, you know, science fiction laser guns. You just went pew-pew,
0: and I was like... What? Does
3: <laughs> <technology> <laughs> well, I figured you wanted to clarify in the lasers part of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not no. the applications of those lasers. But
0: the yeah. ideally manufacturing, not uh, what, what was the word benign use of lasers.
3: Yeah, for things like uh, welding, cutting, uh, making of components, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and on their my first week there, they let me go to their manufacturing facility and try out their new product, which was like this high-powered welding laser.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh,
3: so I got to do like a demo with that thing. And I am very proud to say that my coach, Joe, said that my beginning welding job was the best he had ever seen after <laughs> only 15 minutes.
0: Sounds like a humble brag well to done. me.
1: That's an amazing humble brag. Yeah, that's that's better than I expected, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was awesome.
2: I don't know how I can follow that up. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did do dance for, well, I don't know how long it's been now. I'm bad at math. I've done dance since I was three years old. Um, Many years. That is my go-to fun fact, mm. um, which I guess means I do have an opportunity to humble brag about it a bunch. Um, it wasn't like a, a super refined studio, but um, we had some pretty, pretty great recitals, a lot of, a lot of good dances. So I do I do dance, which apparently people don't expect from me. Like, I've, I've told mm. a couple people that, oh, yeah, I've, like, danced since I was three. And they're like, you? R- really? And I'm like, yeah. So, uh, unexpected, I guess, if not as cool as lasers. I've actually
3: got to see you dance before in Iowa, I think, in a couple yeah. of places, right? Yeah.
2: Mm. I'm, I'm involved in Ayo. Very cool. Io, and so in Chekhov. Very cool. And I was in uh, the recent
3: production for the theater,
2: the um, Cedarville Theater, in uh, the Chekhov's one-act plays. is that
0: fall? That, that was the winter. Winter, winter. Okay. Yes.
2: Yeah. And hopefully auditioning for the next one. So we'll Meet see. Meet me here.
1: in
0: St. Louis? Meet me in yeah, St. Louis. Meet me in Louis. be exciting. Yes, be there or be square. <laughs>
1: we'll plug right there.
0: <laughs> do you know, fun fact, do you know why people say be there or be square? Why? Because it's funny. Because if you're square, you're not around.
3: I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to grace that with a laugh.
0: I'm just trying to educate you guys, <laughs> being brutally lambasted. <laughs> anyway, um, so my, one of the last questions I have regards the review, kind of bringing it back to that. Yeah, sure. Why do you guys think the review is important to Cedarville? What makes you passionate about it, and what do you feel like it has to bring to Cedarville's campus that is unique
2: I think that the Cedarville Review um, brings color to campus to put it concisely. I think we have such great nursing engineering business programs and those are wonderful and um, we love them but I think there's something to say to be said about the humanities for um, enriching life and I think the Cedarville review um, really, really does a good job to try to um, both cultivate in its individual students the desire to write and to read great works, um, but also to provide more of that for campus. These are our voices. We're pouring back into our community in our own special way. And I think it really does a good job of, you know, you can um, hear the voices of your fellow students and um, bear with them or
3: celebrate with them um, as the themes go. Yeah, and to me, I mean, similarly, I think it's just been about the community. Like, uh, mm. especially this year as editor-in-chief, I've been getting the chance to work with the writing center, getting to talk with some people in Anglings, other sorts of communities on campus, uh, and it's just been a really cool chance to see how wide the, the creative community here on campus is. Like, I think uh, as English majors, we get a good chance to have classes that pertain to all this stuff, creative writing classes, and get to workshop and build our communities there. But it's just cool to know and to be able to see and even foster a part of that community for anyone who wants to be a part of that, whether that's people who are intending to go into that as a career or just people who do it for the love of it. Mm. Uh, I'm very strong in the fact that we don't have enough of that in our culture these days, just wanting to do things for the love of it. We have this sort of obligation that we have to be able to monetize or be able to find some way of being productive with anything we do as a hobby. And that's just that's kind of sad because there's so much joy that can be had in doing something just for the fun and for the learning behind that and from the wisdom gained from it. And I think that suitable review for me has been a way to foster that love of doing something just for its own sake.
0: Yeah. So if people want to get involved, what information do they need to know? I guess my first question would be how do people get involved? with the review, what's the steps they would need to take?
3: Yeah, so we just sent out a, a preliminary email uh, announcing where you can submit, uh, what the timeline looks like, Our just in case you need a bit of a reminder of that, it's December 17th is our kind of due date for any submissions for the review. Uh, if you're unable to find that email, I can probably find that link uh, at some point. We could put that in the uh, put
0: in the, show in the notes. description or the mm-hmm. shout outs. Yeah. Uh,
3: but just we have a digital commons link. And from there, you just sign in with your Cedarville uh, username. And from there, you can just submit any number of pieces. Or actually, we do have a cap. It's like... It depends on the genre yeah. you're submitting. It's in. either I like five that. or three yeah. pieces, something like yeah. that, just to make sure it stays manageable for us. But the, the steps that you would need to take to get involved, just um, find our link either through the email, through the shout outs in this mm. podcast, however you want to find it. Uh, sign in, submit. Um, I also... I am kind of the point person for questions, so if you
2: guys have any questions related to the Cedarville Review, um, you can always email me. My email is ge Kohler. that's K-O-H-L-E-R, at cedarville.edu.
0: Awesome. My second question would be, where can people find the review if they're interested in just reading it for themselves, checking it out?
3: Uh, Yeah, just our Digital Commons website. If you look up a Digital Commons Cedarville Review, you should be able to find that pretty quickly.
0: Nice. Incredible. Incredible. Amazing. Spectacular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
3: Can I help come up with adjectives? Yes. Yes. As oh,
1: English
0: my majors. goodness. We have English majors here.
2: Splendorific. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even sure <laughs> it's if it's a real one. Splendiferous. That's it. Splendiferous. Oh, there you
0: go. Can we have a, you know, like a rap <laughs> battle? Can we have you guys do like a, a synonym battle real quick?
2: <laughs> a synonym battle? <laughs> synonym battle? <laughs> <laughs> What's, what, what is our word?
0: Uh, Sam. Good. Good. A
1: synonyms of good. And until one of... And you're gonna go back and forth. <laughs> uh, do rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Mm-hmm. Since that's an advantage.
0: Okay, you got scissors.
1: Ooh. It uh, goes right, Rachel. first. Rachel. Rachel Wait, do I go first off. or do I go
3: last? Just rock.
1: You wanna go last?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
2: You, you, choose. you, choose. Which is, you choose? You want? She's more strategic.
3: Have uh, <laughs> <laughs> just take have your time. Grace go first, because mm. then okay. she has to
2: come up with more. A synonym for good. Well done. Great. Uh Fantastic, splendid, amazing, charming, wonderful, fantastic. I used that one already. Yeah, you d- no. and wonderful oh, was I'm wonderful sorry.
0: used already. I just noticed fantastic. Okay, that may be was it. That the used when
2: thing. we were going back and forth, or yes. was that with-
3: Yeah,
2: Ooh,
0: I think so. Oh, I'm fantastic. sorry, I did say fantastic. Uh, how are we going to oh, do that? We got to be careful with refing because we're making sure they don't repeat. Yeah. Him. We're terrible refs. <gasps> oh. well, We're terrible hosts. I think, hosts.
2: <laughs> I, I think the, the thing to take away from all of this is there are a lot of words for good, and we would love to see your good, wonderful, splendiferous art submitted to the Cedarville Review.
0: What a tie-in. That was
1: the
2: best.
0: Wow. Why are we doing this podcast? Why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> we should just hand over the <laughs> reins now. <laughs> we should headphones. just
1: have what? only our grace on this podcast. Like, ben, only grace. What, why, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: ask my, I ask myself that question every day. But... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been, what has it been, Sam?
1: The Arts and Entertainment Podcast, Tentative Name.
0: Tentative Title. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, A big thank you to Rachel and Grace. Thank you both for coming on the show.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys for having us. It's been a pleasure.
0: Uh, Thanks to Katie, who is going to have to edit this. We're so sorry. Bless you, Katie. Uh, You're doing God's work. (laughs) Doing the Lord's work indeed. Thanks also to Professor Gilbert. This is his setup. And he is generous enough to let us use it. Uh, thanks to everyone else who's made this podcast possible. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out our content online. That's cedars.cedarville.edu And be on the lookout for our magazine. It's hitting stands November, early November.
3: Mm, Excited? So
0: check that out. Nice. This has been, like Sam said, the Cedars Arts and Entertainment Podcast. And now we will all say bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.